Hello folks, big news, we now have a Patreon, so for 5, 7 or £10 you can support us and get some audio commentaries, early access to podcast episodes, um, a monthly Q&A and everything in between there. So go over to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback on the Patreon and see what all the fuss is about. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun, it's good, 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 good. Mmm. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Road through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and the creamy middles of the Simpsons seasons 1-12, to the random episode generation. I'm of course your host, Tom McCrane, with me is, um, he's up and ready folks, um, you know, lockdown drivers, drives us, or even bikes us, shall we say, to do crazy things and Cal is now chasing the peloton as we speak, so just off his tour de Sheffield there, we have Cal Reader with us. Once again, Cal, how are you enjoying it? You twat. <laughs> I forgot you're like my biggest fan of Instagram. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Uh, I, I, yeah, I started, as I'm sure many of you have, I've started getting a bit more fatter. Um, oh, yeah. I ordered, I did actually, to, to say how great everything is at the moment in regards to postage, I ordered an exercise bike um, at the end of April. It's still not come. It's thought it's supposed to come towards the end of this month, month at the very latest. Um, but my I've lent a bike off my heavily pregnant sister, which is quite uh, effeminate. Um, was in the in the pipelines to try and ride uh, about four villages away, four three four villages oh, away. Yeah. Uh, got as far as one village away and just gave up. On the way back, <laughs> for fuck it, I'm just gonna go this way. The worst part about it, right, as well, because in our, in Sheffield, the saying is it's it's built on seven hills. Yes, yeah. and so it's quite a, it's quite a high, uh, like a hilly, like city anyway. But I live in a place you know called High Green, so you know it's it's quite high and shit. And it goes down on this big dip and then up, and then keeps on going really high up to uh, this other village. And then it's all downhill to where I wanted to go, which would have been fine, but then obviously it's getting back up. I got as far as that big <laughs> hill. Called my mate and I yeah. was like, I can't do this. I'm dead. Like it's it's just like I'm sorry. And he was just like, It's cool, don't worry, blah blah. Uh we'll try again next week. Um, hung up and then a kid who must have been about twelve was just riding straight up that hill and I was just like <laughs> I'm mugging you right off. I hope you get fucking <laughs> like it, it, it Bless him, though. He gave, like, a really sympathetic, like, smile, like, it's okay, don't worry. I was just like, fuck you, this is your future, man. With, like, a bag in my gob and, like, a tin in my hand. But apart from that, yeah. Oh, no, and then I went a, a different way home. I thought, I'm not going to go up this hill where I just came down. I'm going to turn left, because I haven't been this way in many years. Um, oh, yeah, shit. It's the biggest hill in the entire catchment area. This is going oh, to be no. fun. <laughs> but apart from that, I'm alright. What about yourself? <laughs> I'm good. I can't say there's uh, any hills when I go out on my bike there, but um, I'm just more annoyed now that it comes to the week of my birthday and behind the scenes, folks, we're recording this the day before my birthday. I'll be 26 on uh, June the 4th there. Um, yeah, it's all sort of gone to shit weather-wise, but... Um, oh, yeah. Was it? I was expecting, like, um, you know, I've got a couple of birthday packages coming. One from yours truly, Cal Reader, as well. It's come there. 
It's not heavy and it's not battery operated, so I'm quite lucky. And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Bart Carney from Season 9, Episode 12, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by John Swartzwelder, with the original air date being January the 11th, 1998, and the couch gag being the couch gets pulled back and, you know, no sense it was saying, ha ha, right behind the couch. Now, um, as always, I ask, um, do you have any initial memories or nostalgic thoughts about this one, Cal? Um, the main... The main thing is I saw this episode about maybe three, four weeks ago. Um, oh, really? It was. I just remember switching on um, uh, uh, Sky One and it just being on and just watching it, just thinking oh, I haven't seen this episode in a while. Um, it's, it's fine. It's a bit of a nonsense episode, really. Not, you know... I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I watched it the other day, but I'm not an awful, awful big fan of this episode. What about yourself? All oh, right. Um, for myself, if memory serves me. I, whenever this gets mentioned or I see clips from it, I always forget that. Um, I just seem to just forget about this episode, which, I mean, it's got good jokes in, and we'll definitely get the deep. We'll definitely get the deep dive into that. But um, I can't seem to remember much in this episode unless I re-watch it. I remember um, Jim Varney in it. He's Cuda there. You know, Swinky the dog in Toy Story. For those who don't know. I always know that character, but I couldn't tell you like, specific jokes from it that aren't attached to uh, this guest star. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's one or two scenes what are kind of like, I always remember... Um... For example, the uh, the cigarette trick, which I've tried, doesn't work. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's another bit. Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if it. Like I said, it's I'm quite surprised because um, I thought like I thought there'd be you'd get more of a gags or more of a laugh out of this, but I'm surprised like it's you know very blasé with you. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's just because of. of recently been um i've recently seen it and i don't know in my own time outside of the podcast i've just kind of been watching some mm. of the better episodes as well um of course it's just kind of like soured my taste a little bit but you know we'll go through it maybe it's been, it's happened before where I, w- I wasn't too sure about it and then during the review realized I actually quite enjoyed the episode but maybe that'll happen in this instance stay tuned how we kick off this episode is, you know, it's just another typical Saturday in the Simpsons household there, and you know, Santa's little helper won't go outside to do his biz- business, and it turns out that their lawn is an absolute mess. Like Marge can't believe it. she ends up just picking shit up, you know, football and a tennis racket and a snake of all things, and um, straight away she just chucks it out of instinct over the neighbor's fence and. Ends up straight biting Flanders as well, but you know, oh, I'm so sorry. And oh, it's no problem, Marge. And then he bites him again. And you just sort of hear him pass out as well. There, I mean, off the bat with this bit, and you know, we see the kids in the living room. Um, you know, it's a nice little misdirect of the camera's upside down. It turns out that Bart's actually upside down, and they've just been lazy on the weekend. You know, ding, 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 ding. You know, we want allowance and that. <laughs> and this fool's Homer. Allowance day, ding, 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 ding. You don't deserve an allowance. Sure we do. Ding, 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 ding. Ice cream man, ice cream man. 
be just running through with, oh, ice cream man, <laughs> ice, cream, ice cream, cream man. Now, I mean, what did you think of this initial start then for this episode? See, even though I saw this, I watched this episode the other day, um, like, I, I must have missed the start because it, it, it starts a lot differently than I initially remember. Um, I think, you know, it, it, it's a relatively sh- a strong beginning. It's just, I don't know if it's just because it doesn't really fuster into anything else. And it just kind of, it, it kind of speeds up into overdrive quite quickly. And then, oh yeah, it's finished. I don't know if that's the issue or what. Um, but, you know, like the beginning parts very much um you know there's a scene slightly later what very much gave me a little bit of ptsd i'll get to that uh when we get to it um but yeah it's you know uh it was very funny you know how did you how did it work with yourself when you were younger with uh uh with what's it called uh i was doing chores and that yeah um i was more than willing to do them um obviously if it was I mean, there's a difference between stuff doing stuff uh, that you enjoy and then, you know, getting paid for the stuff you don't enjoy. Then I feel like that's a happy medium. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, the obvious difference being, you know, me being one of four, um, it was kind of we had to kind of clean up for ourselves and, and you know, do chores and help out and stuff. We never really had allowances because we weren't... Uh, <laughs> we never really asked for it, I guess. I don't know. Like, if we wanted something, like, we could just ask and they'd probably pay for it but we never like my dad used oh, to just right. give him like the shrapnel out of his pockets and stuff um obviously you being an early child with all your countless servants and six christmases and stuff like that um, and all the attention i could desire yeah uh-huh. exactly <laughs> you know I'm, I'm purely just a uh, middle child like hit away we have um barton we you know they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to do those chores that they're getting forced into it with the little um overalls and that and again talk about like I couldn't really remember much from this episode. I couldn't remember we had a little ha-ha in here as well, Cal. You know, get by over the door, ha, and it's half, closes it, but, like, you got to do it, ha, and then you just have to deal with the embarrassment there. Now, I will, um, I will give you this, Cal. I know a few um, Simpsons critics and these other podcasts, they're like you. They're very mixed with this episode. They don't find certain bits funny, and one of the bits that really sort of gets the go is... Um, Homer's like really thick in this, according to them. Like, he's excessively stupid as far as you know the ice cream man bit and what I find very funny bits later on. But it's obviously playing on his severe stupidity in this. I mean, did you notice that, or I mean, what did you think of Homer's elastic uh, intelligence, as they say? Yeah, I think because what's what series? This is series nine. Is that right? This is nine. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of. You know, it's getting past that curve at the point where he's where he's just a bit of a, of a complete idiot, really. Um, you know, it's kind of going a little bit downhill. Um, but you know, in general, you know, he, he's not a complete idiot. He, you know, he still does little bits and stuff like that. It's just kind of the idea of him like is not understanding, you know, hints and and about sarcasm or anything like that. It's quite funny. I think a lot of it works better um, than potentially some other episodes um, l- later on for the humour and such like. Especially when he inter- uh, when he when he gets in touch with the um, 
I want to say gypsies, they're not gypsies, are they? They're uh, the carnies. Yeah. That's it. I think it works a lot stronger than if he was just kind of like normal Homer, I guess, like less retard Homer kind of thing, or less idiot Homer. If you get what I mean, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I don't have an issue with it because the idiotic bits brought me, you know, probably the most chuckles out of this whole episode. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a pass on that front. Yeah, because I know I know you get more annoyed at like when they kind of make Homer go full, uh, full moron kind of thing. Yes. But I I feel it just it 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 works better it works best in this episode. It's probably some of the stronger parts of this episode. Oh yeah, I agree. Those jokes, really. The kids, do they just send it straight back inside? Even though, you know, cutting the hands off seems like a good plan, you know. It's never going to come to fruition, so they just, <laughs> they're back upside down, chilling again, while Marge brings them lemonade. And they realise, oh, the carnival passes the uh, window, passes the house. But then they realise, oh no, we need money. So, it feels like Marge is going to get away, she will get the um, garden done, but Homer just butts in, you know, the plot's moving on, folks, no matter no matter how satisfied Marge is. And, you know, oh, come on, kids, free money, you know, let's go to the carnival. And nice callback as well. He tunes in on the ding, 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 as they just run out the door there, and Marge can't be helped. And we're at the carnival now, Colonel Texas, you know, traveling carnival now. Do you have any experiences of going to the carnival or the fair when you were younger or, you know... Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Um, we don't we don't really call them carnivals over there. It's more just like some affairs, really. Isn't That's it. it. Um, but it's kind of similar type of thing. They usually run by gypsies. Um, they're usually not relatively safe uh, with the rides and stuff like that. But it's good fun. Like there's there's a few. There's one big one in Sheffield. Um, where you used to go randomly, bang next to the train station. Um, there was another one. Um, used to come local to us uh, to like the high green area like local to myself it was always fun it, it was always you know it's relatively cheap you can just you know you can't ever win anything um we, we used to, we weren't ever allowed to win a goldfish even though we wanted to um <laughs> because you know <laughs> they're usually dead anyway in about a week um this is the bit what kind of like gave me a, a little bit of ptsd more so the like oh okay the, uh, the rip-off thing because when uh, okay, background, by the way. Yeah, I'll just wait till they're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, alright. You good? Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, sorry, continue. Cool. Yeah, so, um, I remember, because every, I don't know if they still do it, but they, uh, back back in my primary school, um, they used to do like a summer fate every so often, get a few rides, you know, have a bit of a car boot sale. Um, have a few games and stuff like that, and I completely blanked this out of my head until today, um, and it really showed like an addictive part of my personality, I guess, because um, there was oh, a wow. what do you call it? Is it a tombola? Where you just yeah, get... where it's you just it's sort of like a raffle, and then yeah, you yeah, win prizes. You have to win like a you have to either get like a five or a ten. You basically there's raffle raffle tickets. You pay like pound or or 10p or something like that um and you then uh if you if you got like a five or a ten you win a prize if not then sorry you gotta try again and there was this type the dennis the menace little not dennis menace it was a uh 
what's it called? Oh, what's it called now? Fucking Backstreet Kids? No, 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 no. Um, Tasmania. Tas- 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 there we go. Oh, remember? classic. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> he there was like one of just a, like a st- stuff pushy of that, and I just wanted it, and I spent maybe fifteen quid on it. It was like fifty oh, quid no. ago. Still wouldn't win it because I and uh, it got to the point where a woman who was <laughs> who's running it was she was like a helper at um at local school. Uh, she was just like, you need to like stop. Like, I'll I'll just give it you. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and then by the time she said that, and I eventually won, it had already been taken, and it was like, <laughs> no, I'd wasted oh. so much money. God, no wonder why you buried that in the recess of your mind. Oh yeah. dear, that's where all the trouble started. For myself, um, yeah, I've always had fun at the fair. There, we always had a traveling one. Um, I think when we came about once a year or so, but it always came in about May. And, um, yeah, I just remember just sort of running around with my friends there. And then as you sort of grow up a bit and depending on, like, who your friends are or, or more who you decide not to be your friend, it's usually like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to start on people. Like, why? Yeah. Are you going to start on the people that's in the caravans that yeah. have probably got weapons? Or are you going to try and go for those odd-looking fellas that might be drug dealers? Like, you're 14. This is not going <laughs> to... What? Why are you trying to do this? Just impress, like... I don't know, Sally on the Dodgems. No, it's not going to work. Just have some Dinky Donuts. <laughs> oh, were you a fan of Dinky Donuts? What was your, like, fair food that you went for? Uh, cotton candy was always good. Um, trying to think of it. Uh, what else did we do? Uh, caramel apples. Um, I, didn't, I, ne- I'm, I think, I can't remember if it was on or off podcast. Um, uh, I'm not a big fan of marshmallows either, so... Like the flumps or whatever they're called, you know, you used to get like a oh, big yeah, bag yeah. full of marshmallows. I was never really a fan of, um, but probably cotton candy. Ah, oh, dinky donuts for me. Yeah, usually with the powdered sugar and the depending where you could get strawberry, blueberry top, or you know, chocolate. That yeah, very versatile. Loved it. So the family are deciding what to go on there, and they're going for the tooth chipper for the first ride of the evening there, and this is where you get you know Homer. He's just loving you know the carny lifestyle that you know the. Truly, kings among men, even though, you know, they're a bit ratty-looking, and I love the design of, you know, the um, the ride off right there. Like, he is very much ratty-looking. He even calls him, like, all right, get on, fatty. Oh, kings among men on the tooth chipper. And this is where we find out that in between, obviously, we're all aware of being fans and that, Homer's had a triple bypass, but apparently he had another bypass in between that episode and this one, so he's had, like, four heart surgeries four operations on his heart and you shouldn't really ride it there and you get a nice little um yeah did you like the animation of the kids just hitting their teeth against it yeah definitely oh. it, the audio more than anything as well just yeah it made, like, it made me cringe in that because that's one of my like secret phobias is like oh anything getting done to my teeth there oh nasty carney's built this country the carnival part of it anyway and though they may be rat-like in appearance they are truly kings among men okay let's go fatty yes sir oh my heart see i it's completely off topic in regards to like a um 
a carnival kind of thing. I remember once, and it's it's, <laughs> it's ingrained into my uh, memory more than anything. Uh, back in my clubbing days, when I used to go to when I used to club seals and stuff. Now, uh, when I used to go to actual clubs <laughs> and shit, uh, they there's a local club local to ourselves called uh, Corporation. Very good. Uh, oh, very yes. good little club, kind of very dingy kind of thing, um, <laughs> and the, so it's quite busy as well. Um, we once went, we were queuing up, and people used to like pre-drink in the, you know, in the actual uh, line and stuff like that. And you know, anything to do with teeth kind of always makes me feel a bit funny sometimes. Anyway. Um, but you know, do you, 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 have you heard of the trick of where you open up a bottle uh, with your teeth? It's kind of like oh yeah, yeah, like the Watford classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember being in the queue and uh, some guys behind me being a bit rowdy and stuff like that, and chatting to my mate. And then the next minute, someone went, "Oh fuck!" And I saw a tooth fly straight past my ear and hit someone in the back of their head. <laughs> Oh jeez! I've never tried. I've never tried opening with my teeth, and it always goes through me when people do it. Um, but I remember that, and some. I think it was. I believe it might have been a girl who it hit as well, and they were just like, "What the fuck, Jesus Christ, man!" <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite ride in a carnival? Oh, my favourite ride probably. I quite liked the um pop-up fun houses yeah. but it's like a proper ride um th- see the thing is i'm not i wasn't that much of a thrill seeker but i always loved the um I'm trying to think if you would have had them as well but you get you get to sit down but um then it like pivots it's in a little sort of petri dish shape waltzes yeah oh there we go yeah that's yeah. the name yeah waltzes and then it'll eventually elevate and then it will slowly tilt at a 20 degree angle and then back to the other side for yeah, another twenty yeah. degree angle. Yeah, they were definitely up. They were they were my favourite there because then you also get to see like someone's fifty year old nan. You know the teeth almost fly out there, or you get to see the wigs almost pop off. Now we have the introduction of um, the guest star of this episode, Jim Varney. There. Now, do you know much of Jim Varney and like what he's been uh, famous for there? Um, I know he. I I obviously he was in um, Toy Story. Um, I know he's part of... Is it Ernest or something like that? Hey, Vern. It sure is hot up here, Vern. I bet you'd like a cold, smooth melly yellow right now, would you? Yeah, I just bet you would. You know, Vern, there's nothing like a good old cold melly yellow when you're all hot and sweaty. I think it sure beats that Mountain Dew. You know what that sound means in Russia, Vern? Empty. <laughs> He was Ernest, yeah. That was a massive thing in America in the 80s because essentially what it was was, um, let's say, uh, like your smaller states, your Midwest types and that, not your major cities like, you know, Atlanta and Georgia or, you know, LA and California. They couldn't really afford to have proper adverts for, say, Mountain Dew or, you know, something else, a Heinz or whatever. So they would pay, um, you know, this production company, this ad company, to come up with this character, just to have, like, one-off spots for, you know, the new Heinz baked beans or, you know, the new Mountain Dew flavour, and you'd have Jim Varney, 
playing this earnest character who is essentially this sort of hick type next door neighbor for um and you always go like hey Vern, what do you think about those beans and you just talk about beans and then you get kicked out of the house that was the joke and within this jim varney this real life Ernest, uh, the simpsons always make reference like you know Ernest goes to hollywood in like films and uh like in the one of the sideshow bob episodes you know the family are watching an Ernest film where he goes to a public library that's in reference to what uh, Jim Varney used to do with the um, Ernest character. And with the popularity of that, Ernest had all these films. You know, Ernest goes to jail. Ernest goes to the circus there. And it's like, you know, your kid's kind of comedy in that. But he was really famous and he was beloved. And he was, you know, he'd go to parades and that. And he'd be, you know, he'd have genuine country and western singers and NASCAR drivers that were, by all rights, a lot more famous than him. But everyone wanted to see Ernest, and that's a little uh, potted history of Jim Varney's uh, biggest character there. Interesting. I didn't know he, he came from like ads and stuff like that. But... Yeah, the Ernest character was purely from marketing, and Varney himself, Cuda, shall we say, is you know on the lookout for some rubes or for some pigeons there, and he can't really spot them. But um, and this is one of the first genuine laughs I got in this episode. You get to see Homer like just literally strutting around like a pigeon and you get to see him as a pigeon and then you know he invites him over and i like the little um neck animation there like um it crowd like a bit of cockney neck there like he's literally embellishing um how much of ruby's gonna be literally with all the money he's got in his hand there he's just playing it up to him homer decides to try and you know win a you know state-of-the-art tv there but like i'm pretty sure my nan had that telly there with a big wooden back on but unfortunately, you know, Homer, guy dips so much money into it, he can't, you know, stick a ring around it. So, Kuda takes pity on him and he gives him a big novelty comb instead there and, you know, reiterates, oh, because of this pity, you know, kings among men. And, ah, cow, I will say, as much as, like, this is a bit mixed for this episode, it's mixed critically, I like the fact they bring back this um, large comb. Did you notice? They bring it back when he's... Uh, when when he's at the Hitler car. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've like again rewatching it. I thought, oh, that's it, and then you're just not gonna see again. No, but like he keeps holding it, and then he combs his hair with it yeah. as well. It's ah, oh, it's daft, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice little you know continuity kind of thing, and then obviously, um, what happens next is they go to the Hitler car. Hitler's pride and joy. <laughs> as, as yeah, more roomier than the Bonnie and Clyde yeah. death car as well. When he thinks that his grave, his, his skeleton's in boot, but he hasn't had time to check. <laughs> Bart ends up um, sneaking in there, you know, he's trying to find the, the flamethrower, I think, or the machine gun button. And he ends up just taking the, you know, takes the brake off it there and he ends up rolling through, um, through all these sort of different stalls and that and he ends up just causing a lot of damage. And before we go to, you know, the act break there, we have Nelson coming along again saying, oh, that was Hitler's car, you know, what did he ever do to you? Do you know, um, according to a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff here, Matt Groening did not like this bit at all just because of, you know, the constant references to Hitler and the dictatorship and that. And especially, he tried to fight um, Bart Senior. oh, look at me, I'm Hitler. Right. He tried to fight that, but, you know, he lost it to the other writers. Interesting. 
Well, I mean, what do you think? Because obviously it's played up because he's obviously an extreme hate figure in that. And I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you think about including you know Hitler so liberally uh, within this uh, joke or within this scene? Uh, I I think it's fine. I think I'm very much in the um, one of my favorite directors, uh, Mel. I was going to say Mel Gibson. He's very pro Hitler. <laughs> like uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Jewish director. He made um, Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles and such. Yeah, yeah, Blazing yeah, Saddles. He's a, uh, he, he directed that. He's a very famous man. If you haven't heard of him, you've you've heard of something what he's made. Spaceballs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the producers. Big, uh, but he's also a very big Jewish uh, character. Uh, Jewish, you know. You know person who's very uh very religious about it um constantly in his films he always makes jokes about hitler and people ask him he goes well why you know for what he did to your people you know why why do you want why do you do it all the time and there's loads of interviews of him doing it but the most recent one because he's still alive he's in his like late 90s oh yeah he's an absolute Um, legend and him and carl reiner just sit around and watch their old films and eat deli foods it's great and if it, it, I do so. He's, he's like he's, he's sharp as attack. Uh, he's just old as fuck. Um, mm. He they, they ask him to go. Why you know? Why do you make fun of Hitler so much? And he goes and he gets a comb out of his fingers because if I can't go like this and make a joke about him being a complete <laughs> idiot, obviously just a uh, the Nazi salute. You're yeah. giving him power, and you may you know uh, if you if you kind of hide him around behind a mist of fear and. Um, you know, and anger and such like that. It's not you, you're just giving him more power than he deserves. And if you can mock him, and you're not mocking the you know the atrocities what he's doing, you just you're mocking like just him as a person in his memory. Yeah. And making him more of a joke. Because that's been, a great way to think about it. You're right. He's one of the most you know. It, He's just—he's one of the most notorious people. Not Mel Brooks, but uh, Hitler is obviously one of the most notorious people in the entirety of history. He'll be remembered throughout history, infamously. But by making fun of him, such as like in Little Nicky, where they shove an acorn up his ass, and uh, oh of, yeah, the big the big watermelon <laughs> scene, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I I don't see an issue with it. It's not—it's not you know he's not condoning everything. Obviously, there's the there's a dumb joke with Nelson, but uh, you could easily just argue that against like a, him being a dumb kid, really. But mm. what about you? What do you think? I don't have a problem with it. Again, it's just you know the the extreme nature of you know Hitler and uh, you know obviously what he did around it and that. It's just obviously you know uh, not the not um, elephant in the room is the wrong thing, but essentially just you know it's a normal setting and yet you know this this you know hitler car there and bart just thinks of it as like oh you know it's this uh you know oh, it's a forbidden car there so you know i want to try and give it a test drive and that that that's about all the joke is really yeah. it's nothing to do with nazis really it's just the figure of hitler and like you said it's just ripping into the person and not the atrocities yeah. and we're back with the second act now there you know bart's gonna have to work this off there he's caused so much damage he you know he got rid of his um main attraction and we have a camel um walk pass that can talk apparently you know oh i thought i was your main attraction oh you are humphrey you are now again a minor thing these simpsons critics that 
aren't a fan of this, they think this is too far with a talking camel. But I enjoyed it. I just thought it was goofy. Yeah, definitely. It's um... And especially the little payoff with um, Luce and Marge to end this scene where they've just seen it. Oh, and he was wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the most interesting part about it, kind of thing. It's no, I liked it. I, I, I think it's just, it's a nice little cutaway. Um, it's, be, it, uh, it's just kind of the re- the reaction of Marge and, um, and and Lisa as well. Of this kind of like it's, it doesn't matter that he can speak. It's the fact that he's just a fucking. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, can. He's wearing a hat. But and Homer are ready for their first day. You know, six a.m. They're up early, and I did enjoy this little montage there. You know, it's um. I can't think of the name of the song, but they always use it for, you know, like springtime documentaries on the BBC and that. You get to see a old burger wrapper unfolding like a flower there and you get them all setting up the day and you get the rats on the hot dog roll getting sprayed off there. I, I just found, I found it quite soothing, Cal. Obviously, I'm probably looking too much into it, but I appreciated the, the direction and the creativity of this uh, opening scene or the morning scene. Yeah, definitely. I think... It, it just kind of shows the grossness of a, of, of a carnival, like the post kind of haste of it kind of thing. And mm. with the, um, it's, it is nice animation on the uh, burger uh, wrapper. Yeah, beautiful. It just kind of opens up much like a, a fly kind of thing. But, no, not a fly, a flower. We have Bart and Homer ready to, uh, you know, start the work. They meet up with Cooter and Spud there as they're snacking on their um, breakfast of uh, candy floss. And, um... <laughs> Straight away, Cooter's on the defensive, you know, hey, you know, um, I've had your money fair and square, I didn't scam you there. Oh, no, it's fine, we've uh, come to work with you. Oh, well, um, yeah, we'll show you how we scammed you. And this is the only bit I take any sort of umbrage or issue with, Cal, just because of how gross it is when um, he says, you know, um, Spurred, you know, stick some more apples in the caramel, and then it's in a big bucket that's labelled Bath, and... I, don't, I think they could have just ended the joke with them being discussing. He goes, oh, that's fine. It's just for thieves. And then Homer, <laughs> oh, he just walks up and takes a big old gulp of it and says, yep, he's not lying. Oh, I don't know. That just, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's done for the shock of it. And that, but I don't know. Just It just hit me in a gross spot there. What did you think, Cal? Uh, I always remember this bit. And I remember it always just giving me a bit of like a shake kind of thing. Um, mm. But it's... It's fine. It's just purely just done for the gross out. Like you've got to do mm. it. If you never like, I remember once in the office as as a, as a complete power move, more than anything, because you know those you can get like big tubs of chewing gum. Um, yes. Like ex- the extra ones, and uh, you'll have about ninety pieces or whatever like that. I used to have them in the office. Uh, I didn't mind giving them to people if they asked me. But it's the, it's when they take it without asking me when I wasn't there or wasn't at my desk, what would piss oh, me yeah, off? Oh yeah, they stick the fingers in them. Exactly, Ugh. and it's it's a small, it's thieving, it's stealing, you know. And it, it it's a big pet peeve for me. Like, ask me, I'm more than happy as long as obviously there's enough. Uh, I, I'd, ha- I'd I'd give you I'd give you more like kind of thing. Um, and this woman had came up and she was just like, I was listening to a call. Or something, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, I took one of your chewing gums. I know you wouldn't be bothered." And I was like, "No," and I lift, held my hand out. <laughs> uh, wrong, Karen. No. So she was just like, "Oh," like pretended to um, spit it out, and I was like, "No, come on." 
and she spat it out <laughs> and then I put it straight in my mouth. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh like, man. Yeah, it, it tasted horrible, but I did it as a power move. <laughs> I had to prove her wrong. <laughs> so it's just, you know, you've got to do things from time to time like that. Oh, what was it? Just walk me through the facial reaction there then. I'm intrigued. Uh, it was kind of holding like a... Like, I, I get quite a bit. <laughs> but <laughs> more than anything. But, you know, she she stopped stealing them. <laughs> oh, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> now we have the boys mucking in around, but unfortunately they don't get to, you know, wash down the freaks and all that. Um, they're going to have to do the grunt work, you know, mucking out the tiniest horse in the world and um ah oh, one of my favorite bits of the episode folks um not a complete favorite i'll get to that soon but um a little mini moment for me is um homer being you know the sap that sits on the dunk tag you know please folks the water is dangerously low <laughs> just straight away bang and you just hear oh his legs snapping oh no <laughs> i like the, the look of the horse where it's just like you know if you weren't so uh if you didn't poop as much uh, you wouldn't be so small. And then he just lifts the tail up for more there. Big mountain of crap. <laughs> now, I remember watching this episode for the first time, and um, I didn't know geek, the word geek, um, derived from the carnies and the circus there, cowboy. Were you aware of the old freaky geek uh, chicken act? Yeah. I'd he- I'd heard of it before. I know a lot of like freaking geeks and stuff like that. It'd come from terminology of those like their um, you know, Tyler, uh, one of us, one of us. Mm. Um, but pray tell, I I didn't really understand the uh, the chicken bit. Well, that was the act. It was just to get these you know, um, derelicts and these you know isolated people that didn't have a place for society and. That was the trick. They'll just bite the heads off chickens, and you know this display of shock and horror, and that's it. And that's where the word was um, derived from. There, I don't know. I, I'm sure it doesn't still happen today. In that, but that's a very early carnival thing. There, just sort of you know bringing the punters in to really um, shock them. There turns out you know Kudrin and Spud have uh, you know sudden AA meetings, so the boys don't have to deal with you know biting the heads off chickens and becoming freaks and geeks and such and uh, I think this is well for myself this is where the episode properly picks up that I like seeing the Simpsons in a different environment but now you know they got themselves a proper little job there they get to be um different people um if you get me and we have a could have run down the rules saying you know basically you know you can't win the good prizes there because they won't fit over these little um you know these little cubes there and Homer's just the biggest rube going saying all right, you know, give me ten rings there, and you know, how, what happens if you know we want to deal with refunds? Kuda knows straight away. Uh, maybe you want this, and he just passes the bar, and Homer's just adamant. Yeah, give me ten rings. <laughs> <laughs> like he just wants to play. He's just a big kid at heart. Bless him. It's just the whole, you know. Um, any questions? Yeah. So, what's your refund uh, policy? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you this to you. He's, he's all about consumer rights. <laughs> you see, the trick here is the rings won't fit over the good prizes. Well, we'll see about that. Give me ten rings. So anyway, um, the main thing is to bring in the rubes. 
do whatever it takes. Sweet talk, insults, slang from the 30s that no one uses anymore. Like rubes? Now you're on the trolley. Well, we gotta get. Here's the money box. Any questions? Uh, yes. How do we handle refunds? Uh, I'm gonna give this to you. Good move. Give me ten rings. I mean, initially it's going well. Bart's got real pizzazz for, you know, bringing in the punters and really selling it there. But, you know, Homer's not really cut out for it. You know, he's trying to find his own pigeon there, you know. Oh, get a load of this, Rube. And it's the... Again, great drawing. I don't think we see this guy ever. He's just a one-off sort of shady huckster fellow who's, you know, flipping cards between his hands there. <laughs> it just looks like a slide dog. <laughs> it's like a wolf mm. kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Hilarious. So, you know, Bart ends up, you know, luring in, um, of all people, Principal Skinner and Agnes, of course, there. Um, now, I feel like, you know, you are love you love Skinner as well. I mean, you love all your big tertiary characters there, Cal. What did you think of this scene? I thought it was very funny. You know, it's a charmingness. Uh, I can't remember which episode it was, what we watched, where I didn't enjoy how just a weird... It's very nitpicky of me, but how Skinner interacted with Bart as though he didn't know who he was kind of thing um oh bart the mother that was really yeah, early one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um but it's you know he's, he's he's just having a nice stroll with his mother and he's charming a little bit and straight away since uh he he um he goes oh just tell me now simpson is this a scam because uh, if you know only if i don't like you he's like oh okay buys 10 rings or whatever <laughs> hot dog i've got it <laughs> Seymour, I want that lamp. Win that lamp for me, Seymour. All right, Simpson, be honest with me. Is it actually possible to win this game? If I like it, it is. Hot dog, let's go. No, throw it over the peg. Well, that's no good. Oh, oh no, are you blind? I'm trying, Mother, it's hard. You're failing, Seymour. What is it about you and failure? Then Agnes being Agnes. Just starts fucking freaking out and starts <laughs> angrily yelling it um, to the point where he just switches and decides to try going for the knife and he starts looking yeah. at it. It's just a fucking jab of it, like the jab how he fucking looks at it. It's like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then the mortal line from Agnes is what, you're failing, Seymour. What is it with you and failure? Yeah. Just a complete roast session there. <laughs> And now from your favourite bit, Cal, we end up leaning into my favourite moment of the episode, folks. You know, great one-two punch here. You know, the boys have um, they've collected a good amount of money for Cooter and Spud. Good job to them. But, you know, Wiggum, you know, he's coming and he's doing his rounds and that. And he asks, you know, Gee, I hate to close you down. Maybe we can reach a little uh, understanding here. I understand. Um, hey, Dad, I, I think he wants... Not right now, son. Daddy's talking to a policeman. Ah, uh, let me put it this way. I'm looking for my friend Bill. Have you seen any Bills around here? No. He's Bart. Ah, listen carefully and watch me wink as I speak, okay? Okay. The guy I'm really looking for, wink is Mr. Bribe, wink, wink. 
It's a ring toss game. Alright, that's it. I'm shutting this game down. Help, people didn't like Homer in this episode for stupidity. It's amazing in this scene that it just gets worse and yeah. worse and worse. So much so that Wiggum's saying, Alright, watch when I wink. <laughs> and he just says, Mr. Bribe. He couldn't make it more obvious. And then there's the longest pause. And then Homer just goes back to, It's a ring toss game. <laughs> and, well, okay, I'm shutting you down. Just, Wiggum's just cutting shit like he's not going to do this back and forth anymore. <laughs> and, um, oh, hell, yeah, this is my absolute favourite bit. I mean, what did you think of this, then, Cal? Yeah, I thought it was, um, you know... Because Wiggum's obviously a favourite between the two of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's, he's one of the strongest tertiary characters, uh, as he's saying, and it, it's just, it's very funny. He's very, you know, he's very quick. It, it kind of, even though he's traditionally kind of played as, as a bit of an idiot, um, he's, it, you know, it kind of show, shows that you know, he does have his limit. He's just a crooked cop. Kudrin <laughs> Spud, you know, how are they going to make ends meet now? Because they're technically homeless. They live there as well. But, you know, as with a lot of episode, Homer invites these transients into his home. And before we get our final act break, we get to see Marge have a sixth sense there. And she literally just shudders. And Lisa asks, oh, why did you shudder, Mum? I don't know. Like, it's just inevitable by this point. And, <laughs> yeah, it's a great little lead into the third act. See, it's, it's quite funny actually, like with that, because in the Hitchhiker's Guide, have you read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, no, not oh, myself, no. I've watched the film, film though. Yeah. There's an actual quotation on this, um, where, because I'm just up to the bit, I, I've read it, like I said, I've, re I've read it a few times, it's one of my favourite books. Um, but it's just at the point where the Earth's about to explode. Um, Ford, yeah. Ford goes into his local bar and stuff like that, so five pints. Uh, uh, six pints of bitter pays me a fiver and says keep the change which kind of shows how old this book is um the barman he suddenly shivered uh, he experienced a monetary sensation that he didn't understand because no one on earth had ever experienced it before in moments of great stress every life form that exists gives out the tiniest subliminal signal the signal simply communicates and exacts an almost prophetic sense of how far that being is from uh, the place of their birth uh on Earth, it is never possible to be further than six. I I just realised I misread it. <laughs> I just misremembered it. I just remember because he has a sh everyone has a shiver, and I was just like, "For great doom or something like that." Um, but yeah, you could cut that bit out. <laughs> oh, do you think it's a direct reference to the Hitchhiker then? Uh, no, no. I think it's just, it's just more like a sixth sense kind of thing, uh, mm. more than anything. But I don't know if you've been watching Rick and Morty in the latest episode of Rick and Morty um, the last uh, of the series there's quite a lot of uh, references to hijackers in that oh cool in regards to like the destroyers of Earth Earth just being really friendly about it <laughs> we have the Cudas in there now um, Marge is obviously taking massive issue with this um, for some reason this bit didn't creep me and gross me out as much as the bath bucket did where Spud shows the amazing talent of unhinging all of his bones there and then trying to come on to Lisa whilst like waving his dislocated <laughs> limbs. I mean, did this gross you out more than the bath bucket or again, did you just think nothing of it? Uh, no, I thought it was quite funny. Um, it's just, it, it's the diegetic sound, sound of it. What really makes me laugh. A proper it's crunching just, sound, yeah. yeah. I can unhinge all my joints at once. <laughs> 
Doing anything tonight, blue eyes? Ew. Doing anything later, blue eyes? <laughs> and we also have, um, I mean, Spud's not on his own, you know, his, he learned it all from his father there with his little tricks and his glass eye and such. And, oh, we get the cigarette trick, Cal. And, I mean, I'm sure senses at the time and obviously got past it, but I'm surprised that they let this joke fly just because of the fact that, obviously, um, the end result, uh, we'll just say, ends up with a, you know, ring sting. That's why he can't really do it for that long. But, I mean, they got away with it. Yeah. Well, it's just the allusion to it, isn't it, more than anything. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it, this bit really made me laugh, especially when he's doing it, and then it's the pain of it, and then the shock, uh, you know. Cause his little it's, grimace, yeah. <laughs> and the, no, the, the grimace on his face, but, like, the shock on Marge's face. Uh, and she drops the fork, yeah. and there's a lovely bit of foley as well. <laughs> yeah. And it... <laughs> And then it just goes, you know, he pulls it out and he puts uh, puts a cigarette on uh, on the plate out, and then goes straight back into lighting another one. Uh, Bart asks, "Can you do it again?" To which he goes, "Not for a while." <laughs> like it puts a bit out of him, bless him. To repay the Simpsons, for, you know, the generosity there and the hospitality, they give them tickets for the you know glass bottom boat there. You know how kind, and now. I think we briefly talked about, you know, Springfield being your shit town, etc. and that, and having, you know, the worst sort of means and amenities and necessities and that. And even, uh, you know, leisure and entertainment, because just going on the glass-bottom boat tour and you just get to see all the debris and shit, it's like a glass-bottom boat of the Thames, if you will, minus the uh, condoms and that. But a nice little um, callback to, uh, I can't think of the episode, but when Mr. Burns and Lisa team up to help the environment there you get to see a little Lisa slurry can there and also um the previous sister boat the Athena that you know lost 88 people um just last week and yet they're still um running the business and again another um little highlight for me you know oh, I wonder how that happened you know Marge asks and what what do we see Cal? uh we see Homer uh and Bart showing off their fleshy bits to uh to the surprise of a, a shark at the bottom of the sea yeah, in Springfield <laughs> so hey yeah, and the, uh, the only like this bit I think after this bit when, when, when the carnies kind of move into the flat uh, into the house sorry uh, is where, where the episode kind of goes downhill for me because it kind of just, oh right yeah it just kind of ramps up really quickly and, then it, and it's just like it's just like okay okay okay, okay and we're finished it's fine everything's back to normal Um do you think it's a possible pacing error then? Yeah, def- well, definitely, because obviously, you know, you say previously um, about the use the longer couch gags dependent if if the episode's a bit yes. shorter. Um, this scene specifically, I feel, runs off maybe four or five seconds longer than it should. And it's just kind of, because there's like awkward silence and then the, then Homer says something again and then the shark attacks a third time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you just get to hear like the slapping of Bart is yeah. Over yeah, and there's like a unnecessary longer pause. You're right there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's just them kind of, um, you know, just trying to pace out the the episode a bit longer. But I don't know. It, it's it's just very. Um, it's very. It's just. This is where it starts to go downhill for me. That's our sister ship, the Athena, went down with 88 souls just last week. 
I wonder how that happened. Hey, come on, Sharky. Hey, you want a piece of this? You call yourself the king of the jungle. So the Simpsons family end up returning to the house, and it turns out, yes, the cooters are squatting, the boarders up the windows, they've locked them out now, and there's no way they can get back in. I love the Jim Varney cackle there. Like, <laughs> He's got a great laugh on him. What about the carny code? <laughs> <laughs> So Homer ends up going back to the police station saying, oh, we've got squatters there, you've got to do something. And lo and behold, it's Wiggum there. And he goes, oh, look who it is, Mr. No Bribe. I'll get on it. Let me just bring in Detective like a give a damn. And Homer, again, just, oh, you know, that's good. And even Lisa's, you know, cotton onto it. Dad, no, don't worry, dear. Waiting for the nice detective. <laughs> good callback. It's just a simple thing, isn't it? Like, you know, when you start a new job, can you can you go get a left-handed screwdriver and stuff like that? And tart and paint and such. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, yeah, I'll say it does dip in here, Cal. I will agree with you to a point because I didn't really enjoy the scenes where they're up in the treehouse living. You know, Bart using thistle to brush with and all that. Um, yeah, I just didn't really get any sort of laughs out of me there which is just necessary saying like oh you know they're annoyed that they're in there and then they're you know oh release the spit valve they're using Lisa's saxophone you know, Homer's losing his ass groove in the couch you know you know oh these personal things that are taken away from them but it didn't do anything for me Cal yeah it's just I, I, the one bit what, what kind of made me laugh was when Homer's putting his trousers on and he falls out the out the back just, yeah, my God, how is he not like been uh, Christopher Reeve? My God, oof. um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it's just the um the pure shock of the entirety of the family, not the fact that he was like in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, um, what did I did get a kick out of? Not the treehouse bit, but just um, you know, having Cuda come down wearing Homer's clothes that are like four times as baggy on him which makes you think how big is Homer really and him going look at me I'm a millionaire and so Homer's fed up there you know they can't live in the treehouse forever there so they need to come up with a plan Cal and this was nearly my um, favourite moment of the episode until I f- uh, remembered about good old Clancy Wiggum but just Bart suggesting we'll just burn him inside and kill him and <laughs> Marge is surprisingly even though Lisa's there she even goes along with it for a bit Marge is the only voice of reason. There's gotta be a way to get those guys out of there. I say we set fire to the house. Kill them that way. We don't want to kill them, Bart. We just want our home back. Well, if we did set fire to the house... No fires! I've got it! No fires! There must be a way to outsmart them. Uh, You can't outsmart carnival folk. They're the cleverest folk in the world. Just look at the way they sucker regular folk with those crooked games. That's it. Fire! Or... And then he gets an idea, Cal. That's it. Fire! (laughs) (laughs) Just back to... Now, see, obviously rule of thirds and that, but I know this works for me, and that's like technically the fourth reference to it, but I just tickled me again. Yeah, yeah, the subdivision of it is, is, is hilarious. Um... Especially being that all of them, especially Lisa as well, uh, surprising of all of them is is still mm. is like pretty okay with fire. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's 
like I said, I this I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> I'll, I'll say my thoughts at the end. No, it's fine. I was just going to ask you, um, what's the what, final plan then that fires? Homer comes up with to win back the house? What fires have you set at Gypsy's properties and such? Um, his final his <laughs> final plan is to scam the scammers. Which is a good thing to do. His uh, plan is to get a hula hoop and throw it over uh, onto the roof, onto the uh, chimney. Um, which, if he does, if he succeeds, they have to give him the house. But if he fails, he has to. Uh, he will legally sign over the house in uh, Kuta's name. Suddenly, high raised stakes here. Now, um, I really enjoyed the animation you know through the you know through the looking hole here the the fisheye lens um if you do you know this is the oh well they hand drew this and they hand animated this here um did um dave merkin there the director because they just they couldn't get it done obviously through manufacturing through mass production that so that's why it looks so good there and just you get to see homer's features in the fisheye lens you get to see the hoop perfectly filling up the circle there. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. It is a nice little scene. And this is the moment of the episode, folks, there, you know, he spits into his hand there, he's busy stretching his neck and everything. They really drag it out there for tension. And um, before I say what happened, I think first watching this, I had no idea where it was going, and it was a great, like, misdirect and how they got it. But now I feel like it's just obvious, especially, like, you know, when you look at the telly and you feel like, oh, when's this going to wrap up? And it's only about a minute or so left. Like, they can only really go one way. I mean, did this have you, like, fooled the first or second times viewing it? No, I kind of expected it. Or, uh, oh, first right. time watching it. But it's very funny. It's just kind of like, especially the the shock um, of, like, Lisa, uh, Marge and Bart saying, no, you can't do it, you idiot. Um, but... It's it's very funny. I I always thought like the letterbox opened up a second time when the Simpsons. Yeah, to match the previous scene. Yeah, I thought they did that. Yeah, Um, but you know, it's it's okay. It's funny the first time you see it, then it's just kind of expected, and it kind of shows like the the bit of it where he goes, "Well, son, we got scammed by the best." He wasn't really the best. He's the best. Yeah, don't make me say it, let's just move on. And we're busy wrapping up the scene now. The family's literally scrubbing and hosing the whole house down there. And they're very proud of Homer's cunning plan, um, as Baldrick would say in Blackadder. And he just looks out to Coda and Spud saying, And look at him standing out there. No place to go. <laughs> Poor guys. Hey, what if we let him stay here for just a few days? Mom, get him away from the window. I like how it's not even, they're not even angry with him. Like, Bart's genuinely upset. Mom, get him away from the window. <laughs> Is your mum, I'm trying to think, maybe your mum said that to you the past two weeks with um your little um, peephole part in the window there, with the little yeah. slit. Has she ever gave you the, oh, get away from the window? <laughs> no, she, uh, we had an issue, we, we, not so much an issue per se, um, I made a joke about it. Obviously, I've got the peephole in the window and, and stuff like that. And then a couple of weeks back, there was a really nice sunset on the back. Um, and it is really like loads of different oranges and pinks and purples and everything like that. And my sister tried taking a picture out of her room. Um, but as our garden leaves, like our back garden leaves 
there's like a big hedge and then leads onto the neighbor's back garden as well so we can see into their house um she realized in the picture that through the window <laughs> there's like just a naked man <laughs> just sat on his bed watching tv <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so my mom was just like got the pervert in the back and the creep on the front like. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully they don't invite him there but um homer's annoyed because you know he's lost the ass groove in his couch there so he asked marge to put on a pot of coffee this could take a while and then we're taken out with um groove me baby by a uh, king floyd nice little disco here as homer tries to get his groove back quite literally now um yeah that's how we're we in the episode folks now as i always say um cal could you give me a final thoughts overall on this particular episode and then a unique rating out of five please uh yeah it's it's a it, it's fine the episode is fine it doesn't really stand out as like an overall um you know overall memorable episode it kind of like i said earlier it kind of goes down a little bit um after you know after they move in at my in my opinion um but it's fine there's funny bits after which i forgot about which i uh, which i mentioned at the beginning of the episode does tend to happen in these reviews of your in-depth kind of description of it i'm like oh yeah shit that is actually quite funny um but overall it's it it's it's okay it's an average episode um rating wise i'd probably give it um 2.5 uh, Schlifters, uh, like the wolf guy who's like with the cards, uh, out of 5. What about yourself? Uh, for me, I probably like it a tiny bit more than you do, but as you've um, well explained, there are moments in here where, you know, there are, unfortunately there are bits in this where it's sagged, and I hate to say it, but I think, the same amount of times that I laughed it was also the same amount of times I didn't laugh. It's very, um, that's the word, 50 50. It's very hit or miss this. Although I did laugh a lot at certain bits, which I've mentioned before, there are, you know, a lot of moments that didn't get a laugh out of me that I thought they could have rewrote it or took it out or done something different there. But I will say, uh, Jim Varney, oh, what an actor, and he's been in like, um, I think he was in Atlantis or The Road to El Dorado. He was in some Disney film, and I just like his voice. I love that southern drawl and that, and I think he really um, props up. So with that all being said, I would happily give this, you know, a solid um, three out of five um, pigeons. Get ready to sit back and lazily reminisce the best bit so far, because we're going to season four with So It Comes to This, a Simpsons clip show. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.